On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group talks to multi-instrumentalist singer-songwriter Matt Dorsey. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands, album by album. On this special episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends Ken Gregory and Paul Zotter as we welcome a multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter, and former member of Sound of Contact, Matt Dorsey. Welcome, Matt. Matt, Welcome thank, to you. thank you so much. Um, as was stated in in the uh, the the intro um, bits of this, you know, we're we're very happy to have Matt Dorsey. Um, Matt, you've been on our radar for a little bit of time now, um, mainly through um, your work with Sound of Contact and, and in Continuum. After that, we've here on the uh, progressive palaver we've paid a lot of attention to those recordings really enjoyed them a lot there's uh, there's actually an episode that we have recorded it hasn't been released at this particular time um around dimension knot because we were we listened to it so much that we're like we just need to do an episode on this and we did and so we were we were plugged in to the release of your latest recording let go which just came out a few weeks ago here in the beginning of april yeah i mean you know i, I don't know i'm, I'm kind of tripping all over myself because i'm so excited matt but um <laughs> You know, basically, just looking at you know your resume, you've got Sound of Contact, In Continuum, the Dave Kersner Band, Circuline, and um, this project—if that's the right word to say—project—I don't know how you pronounce project, that. Project, that's right. Project, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then, like I said, your 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 latest or first solo release, Let Go, just came out a few weeks ago. So. Um, I, there's a lot to talk about with all of this. And personally, I'm excited because I just, um, figured out that you're going to be performing on Saturday night at the Marillion weekend in Montreal and I'll be in attendance. So fantastic! <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that show. You have no idea. Really? Um, yeah. Given that you guys are, are sound of contact fans, um, you may or may not know, um, our very first show was uh, opening up for Marillion in 2013 in Montreal. So Brilliant. And we, we, have, we have an interesting story about that, that Matt. Um, <laughs> so Joe and I, on a whim, decided to drive up to Montreal that year for one night. But it, it was the night of the Brave show. Okay. And so we literally woke up Saturday morning, drove up. We had some smoked meats, I think, somewhere at, at in Schwartz's Montreal. Schwartz's Deli? That's it, and then and then we nestled our way over to see, and um, and of course that night Jacob Moon opened, right? I remember. Uh, and it was only it was only several years later, as we're doing the palaver and we're doing all of our uh, you know discovery of Sound of Contact, that Joe and I realized we, we missed you guys by twenty four hours, and <laughs> and uh, we were kicking ourselves when we realized that. Well, you know, I'd say you didn't miss much, but it was pretty tremendous. It was a great, great show for us. And, uh, you know, one funny story is that album wasn't out yet when we played that show, so the audience didn't know the music. Now, as you may know now, uh, the first song goes right into the second song, right? Yeah. Cosmic Distance goes right into Pale Blue Dot, and that's what we did live. But, you know, in my head, we're done Cosmic, and the crowd isn't responding. <laughs> oh no, they hate us. But then Simon comes out and he gives a nice bow to sort of introduce the next song and, or the end of the first song, and the crowd just went bananas. Oh, nice. Like I experienced one of the biggest rushes of my life in that very moment. I bow. It was extraordinary, and you know, we cut. We I think we 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 did pretty well that night uh, thereafter. So it was a, an epic night for us, and we gained a bunch of fans, and we you know. Marillion, you know, that whole community. It's just. Yeah. It, it truly, it, it's yeah. such an amazing, um, it's such an amazing community and the way they do these, these weekends and mm-hmm. uh, just, there's so much about it. We, 
Paul and, and another friend of ours had the opportunity to go to one of the weekends in Holland in 2007, um, where you got like the full immersive experience, just living Marillion music for three days straight, which was um, just absolutely phenomenal. And and the the 2013 show um, for Brave, and you know it's it's still the you know highlight of my concert going experiences. That performance, you know, was in the moment just the energy between the band and the crowd and, and that particular piece of music, it was, it was mind blowing. So uh, it, since we're, we're on the, the Merlion weekend and everything else, um, I, like how is it that you've managed to, to score these opening slots twice? Is, is there, you know, is there anyone that you know, or, or is there any specific <laughs> process you have to go through to get on these bills? Yeah. You know, it's funny you ask that question because just yesterday I was sort of pondering that very uh, thought. Sound of contact is easy. We had we had a pretty good connection in Phil Collins. Right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> pretty solid. Yeah, and that's not to say he really did anything to get that gig, but just that name opens doors for you, right? Like, yeah, yeah. If you're going to pick a band uh, to open, and they're, everything else being equal, you're going to want the one that's got a little bit of that, you know. Prog bloodline, yep. and it's, it definitely helped us. There's no question, and I imagine that's the main reason we got the gig in the first place back then. How I got this gig is still kind of a mystery. Um, when I did uh, Prog Stock in New Jersey last year, I rekindled a, uh, a friendship with uh, Rita K. Drew, who's been encouraging me to finish my album for years now, and we worked out a deal where she was going to help me cross the finish line with it. And during those conversations, she mentioned, you know, maybe we could get you uh, an opening slot. You know, it was just like a Hail Mary. Uh, but she submitted me for that gig and uh, we got it, you know, maybe because we played uh, 10 years ago, maybe because there's a sound of contact thing going on there. I'd like to think maybe because they heard my album and really liked it. I, I, um, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all, Matt. <laughs> it, it it is a wonderful recording, and and by yeah. the way, your best buds with Jonathan Mover. So you know he's got a little Marillion uh, experience there in his resume somewhere, a that tiny one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he told us a, a few stories. <laughs> Did he really? Oh my! <laughs> None of which I will review. <laughs> Can I can I take this opportunity just to highlight Project the um, roster of players that you've recently toured with is really fantastic. Last I heard, which was a while ago, they were going to put together a number of tours, and you know, the plan all along was to make ten or twenty years out of this. You know, let it be the last golden button. You know, yeah. Gig. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I've been out of that project since about this time last year, and uh, I haven't really been in touch with those guys. Oh, okay. Well, it's it, 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 I'm sure it was uh, pretty pretty intense. You went on the road with uh, awesome. Royo Okamoto of, of, of Spock's Beard fame, Mike Keneally, just the Zappa band, Steve Vai. He he. Oh my God, what what a resource right there. And then, and then, and then, uh, Jonathan Mover, who appeared on your solo album, and yeah. and you guys recruited at the end there, Michael Sadler as your as your front vocalist. Well, not so much at the end. He was uh, he was the guy from the beginning. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I couldn't be happy for it. He was a blast on the road. He's an incredible performer. He's such a pro, but still a kid. You know, still enjoying every minute of it. Hilarious. Love okay. that guy. Okay. Well, what, what do you think it is about the prog uh, genre in general that creates all of these intertwining uh, groups of musicians to do projects and, and then they sort of evolve and, and go in question. different ways? It is, it's a unique uh, community in that way. I'm not sure I have an answer to that. Maybe it's just that the progressive uh, music itself is sort of a thinking outside the box kind of uh, music, which, you know, lends itself to the, to, to thinking outside the box in terms of, you know, 
what kind of a band you want to have or kind of a musical project you want to have. You know, it's easy to just think, okay, I'm either in a band or I'm not in a band. No, no. I mean, especially these days, you've got the connection um, with the internet. You can be recording, composing, producing music uh, remotely with people and getting great results. And there's no reason mm. to just network that way, you know, so yeah. spread it out. But I don't know if that's unique to, to Prague. Um, Maybe we're just hypersensitive to it because mm -hmm. all of our favorite brands bands break up and have different personnel at some some juncture of time. That's true, right? Yeah, yeah, we're still waiting for the sound of contact reunion. Uh, by the way, <laughs> that would be awesome. seriously, that would be amazing. Uh, can I ask some completely off the wall subjects? Because if if we don't keep if I don't do it now, we can edit this out if that's okay. But if we don't do it now, I'm going to be distracted for the rest of the night. So my my apologies, Matt. So. I think right to your to your right is behind you is a five string bass. Is that right? That what 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 yeah? What bass is that? That's a Spectre. Oh, I was wondering Euro if that's five what LX. Yeah, when I uh, when we were getting ready to do our first tour with Sound of Contact, we uh, um, we hired John Wesley to be our guitarist. Ah, he had a relationship with Spectre, and he hooked me up with a guy named PJ. And uh, so I'm not like necessarily an endorsee of this uh, company, but they gave me a really nice deal on it. And uh, mm -hmm. they've been cool, you know. Sweet. Time. All right. John Wesley gets around as well through the Prague circles. That's as right. We've oh, yeah. learned yeah. In, in our journeys. What an asset, man. He was. Good God. He was, uh, he was uh, the guy, our guitarist uh, at that very show, in, uh, opening for Marillion. Yeah. Wow. Uh, crazy. It is. That's crazy. All right. My, my other question is I also noticed something over your left shoulder, which looks curiously like maybe a bottle of whiskey or something of that nature. And I'm curious <laughs> to what that might be. Uh, it's just a, a bottle of cheap red wine. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> with, a, with a computer, it looked like maybe there was some brown alcohol in there. And I was if just I show you the other side of the room. <laughs> nice display. I don't really drink that much, to be honest with you. But you know, people have parties. People will bring a bottle of whatever, and yeah, it piles up over here. So it's a it's a decent looking little display over there. And every now and again, when uh, Token Up doesn't do it, I just go over there and grab a shot of whiskey. <laughs> I'm inspired that way, uh, but it's rare. Four twenty nice. all the way. All right. All right. Nice. All right. Well, sorry, sorry for uh, now that we have all those distractions. Now, now well, I can focus and, and concentrate on the on well, the real I'll, topic. Sorry. I'll I'll, I'll um, since we're since we're in lighthearted land, I've got to compliment Matt. Uh, I don't know if you guys have have spent a lot of time on his website, but Matt, you have collated the coolest set of onstage pictures I think I've ever seen. With the sunglasses and everything, you look wick wicked cool. So hats off I, to you, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I got lucky. I really did. Um, uh, on a couple of tours, we hired a guy named Andy Wright. He's a Canadian photographer. And he would just take hundreds of pictures. And at the end of the tour, he would send you probably most of them. <laughs> you know, doctor them up. And literally every single one of them could be a poster. That's awesome. Uh, just the, way, mm -hmm. the way he captures it, the, the, his framing, uh, whatever he's got in the background, you know, he just, he's really a, an artistic photographer. Yeah, he, he's so got an eye for it. You're, you're noticing with those, with those pictures. Yeah, I got lucky, you know, because... Uh, I agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. It, speak. Go ahead, Ken. Speak. Speak. Speaking of cool, yeah. um, let's talk Ed Unitsky and your album cover. Yeah, Ed Unitsky. I got uh, in contact with him through Dave Kersner. I believe he's done some work with Dave. Fantastic. Uh, so we, yeah, we worked out a deal. You know, I want to say four or five years ago, because I've always been planning to release this album, and you know, just one thing after another gets in the way or yeah i've been talking about this for a long long time so i for about five years i've been sending him a periodic email saying i promise he was coming out i promise he was coming out because he did all this great work uh, and so finally i'm happy for both of us that it's out because Please. it's extraordinary it's really really great great art I couldn't be happier so, yeah, it looks like he's done stuff for um, many bands, including the Flower Kings. Yep. I mean, he's got a fantastic 
um, discog.com list Unitopia all uh, um, even Star Castle a lot of things that he's got his fingers on that's fantastic and and I just love the the imagery um so so is this a an inner child of you that is what does the image evoke for you I, I see I see fire I, I see storm and I see kind of a scorched earth look here I you know to be honest, I haven't really settled on my own interpretation of it. The way that all came about was um, I sent him my recordings and the lyrics, and I said, "Go, you know, have at it." Nice, nice. I don't know if you've seen the whole booklet, but it's it's full of really, really beautiful images, um, and uh, you know, they relate in one way or another uh, to the lyrics uh, in ways that are, you know abstract enough that you could interpret it in many ways so i'm not really sure exactly how i'm interpreting everything at this point i'm still looking at it all right just j just tell us you'll have a merch table at uh at the merlion show oh yeah yeah there'll be cds available maybe, <laughs> maybe some shirts yeah. <laughs> i dig it and just the whole uh ep you in fact you, you got a really nice uh write-up from Scott Medina uh, on, on this one. And I know he's, uh, he, I think he's a cruise to the edge regular and he seems to do yeah. some booking and performing himself. I, I, I like his reviews. I, he's a good source for that stuff. And, and, he's and he was very kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was raving about you before, before this even came out. Is the whole booklet uh, just a feature of Bandcamp that I, I can't offer or, or did I miss a, uh, order um, of, the, of the CD. Uh, you guys might not have it. I'll just send you a a, a link to the. Uh, you know, I've got it all up on. Did you, you know there is a Matt Dorsey who is a member of the uh, San Francisco <laughs> uh, Board of uh, Supervisors? Yeah, but not only that, there is a Matt Dorsey musician out there. Yes. Oh. Who, uh, this is like a Kersner thing too, right? There was like another Dave Kersner. Oh, guy. was there really? I didn't yeah. know. That. Yeah. Did you did you put a cease and desist order on his on his his stuff? I'm still waiting for a letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who, I mean, I've been. I'm probably older than the guy, but maybe not that much. So what's funny is my album is called Let Go, and he's got a release. He released a song last year called Don't Let Go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. And I just had somebody. I just had somebody uh, email me through Bandcamp saying, "Hey, man, I just downloaded your album. I can't wait to see you in Sellersville." <laughs> You're like, I'm. Not I'm great. not going to be in Sellersville. <laughs> Ken and I might be able to make that show. I that would have been a terrible. Right. That would have been a terrible disappointment if we were going, yeah. thinking we were going to see you. You know, I'm open to suggestions. I'm not really sure what to do about that. So, but seriously, it'd be cool if you sent that. But is there is there a place to find it? I feel like I. Uh, that's a good question. I, I assumed it was up on Bandcamp. If you guys can't, if that doesn't come as a download as part of it, uh, I will remedy that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I have trouble with that aspect of Bandcamp. I used to be able to get downloads, and um, right. and I can't. And I've tried to offer things on Bandcamp as downloads, and that doesn't work either. So <laughs> maybe it's a. I figure. I usually figure it's just my incompetence with um. With yeah, these that's types usually of... my first knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> my, oh. my incompetence. Thanks. We just met, Matt. <laughs> oh man! All right, all right, all right. But but not but nonetheless, you you had a teaser out there that you that this album's been in the work for five years. So now yeah. I'm very very curious to hear the story of Let Go. Five years. I don't know where you heard that. And if I said that, I might have been drunk. It's been 30, 35 years. Oh, 35 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Seriously. I mean, I, I've been writing songs ever since I picked up a guitar. You know, I started with bass when I was 15, and then a year after, I started tinkering with piano and guitar and stuff. Um, I learned a lot of police tunes and rush tunes on the bass, you know, and that's kind of my foundation. But as soon as I picked up guitar or keyboard, I wasn't so much learning songs, I was writing songs. Not full songs, just little ideas here and there. It was probably four or five years before I could piece enough of them together to call it a song. Uh, but a few of these songs go way back, like to the 90s. Really? Yeah. I studied philosophy 90 to 94, and I wrote Man like the summer after I graduated. Wow. Um, That's awesome. I think, 
Castles Made of Sand, at least the music part of it. I rewrote the lyrics in the last year, but the music predates that even. I think I might have been a teenager. But then there's, you know, other songs that I wrote in the last couple of years, one I wrote just last fall. Uh, so it covers most of my music making years. And it seems as though you've, like you mentioned that, um, well, I guess what was, what was the holdup? What, what, what uh, took you so long for lack of a better phrase? In a word, fear. Mm. Yeah. Just insecurities, all that bullshit that artists have to deal with. It just kept me from pulling the trigger, you know, just fearing I wasn't good enough, fearing it just wouldn't measure up. That's the main reason. The other is I have ADD, DD, like big time. Uh, I have a hard time finishing projects once I, I can start a thousand of them, but I have a hard time finishing them. Um, then, you know, life gets in the way. Other things yeah. take, take uh, priority. Um, I'm lucky to have lived a life where I can shift back to this as my priority, thankfully. And not everyone's that, that lucky. Um, and were I to do that and not pull the trigger, it'd just be a, you know, a tragedy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where we are. I always knew I'd release an album. I just didn't know when, you know. I didn't think it would take this long, but, you know, I just didn't want to force it. I just knew it would happen at some point, and just everything came together in the last year. Well, it was, I mean, from my perspective, it was worth the wait. Um, okay, it's, thanks, man. It's really entertaining and great and I, I hope it doesn't take 35 years for the follow-up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'll be a very very dark album if it takes that one <laughs> so so well, matt did did something fundamentally change in the last year that sort of allowed you to bring this across the finish line was it uh, the the friend you had mentioned earlier was that really the the catalyst or, or did something else sort of coincide with that to allow you to finish? A few things just sort of lined up for me, uh, both good and bad. And you know how the people say it all the time, one door closes. After Project's very first tour, which was in April of last year, basically the whole month of April, I was asked to leave. Oh. I didn't realize I had been causing any problems, but at the end of it, it was made clear to me that I hadn't been uh, the best bus mate, let's put it that way. Hmm. And I was dispatched with, you know, well, let's just say I was let go. And I was bummed because I just put three years into this project. I mean, we only had one tour, but, you know, COVID kept us from, from getting out there, but we had been rehearsing three years. So up until the very end of it, it was awesome. All the three years of rehearsing, just nothing but good times. And, you know, I mean, our set list speaks for itself. It's so fucking fun. Songs are just a blast. So that tour was amazing. Hanging with Keneally, hanging with uh, Sadler, Rio. It, it was a blast. Um, but at the end, you know, it was just mm. a personality conflict with one of the guys that uh, was... Was, mm. was mm. what it was. And the cards were dealt. So I was out, really bummed. Project was supposed to play Prague Stock. Am I saying it, Prague Stock? Yeah, Prague Stock. Yeah. And kind of at the last minute, with about three weeks to go, they pulled out, couldn't do it. Had some sort of conflict with scheduling. Like within an hour, Tom and Ann called me. They were like, hey, man, <laughs> you want to play? And I said, wow, geez, you know, I don't really have it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, Good choice. And I, you know, I re I put together a, a set of songs that I thought were my strongest, and I, I performed them with my laptop as all the backing tracks. And I just went up with a guitar and I sang. And it was at that show that I met up again with Rita K. Drew. And she, Wonderful. It was, you know, it was all because that I, you know, I don't want to say it's because I was dismissed, but had I not been. It's, it's safe to say I wouldn't have released my album. I'd still be saying, well, I'm almost there. I'm almost done. Right. You had uh, you had disposable time on your hands. Nice. <laughs> That's right. Well, well uh, Tom and Ann are a uh, legend on here. We, we've interviewed them, and uh, Progstock is kind of legend here as well. Um, let me ask, 
uh, Andrew Collier and uh, his band. How'd you get hooked up with those guys? Were you in Jersey for a while on the East Coast? Well, I grew up in Boston, but no. Uh, I met Andrew Collier on um, the Blues Cruise and the Cruise to the Edge back in 2014. He was on playing with uh, some progressive rock orchestra. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and I was there with Sound of Contact. And uh, we just hit it off. We Excellent. Uh, we reached a point where you may or may not know Dave Kersner was out of the band and we were looking for a keyboardist. And his name was uh, actually chosen. Like he was our he was our guy. Uh, we ended up not ever using him. We never went out after we selected him for whatever reasons, and then morphed into right. another chapter of, of that that uh, whatever it was. And uh, we just remained friends. He asked me to play bass on their first album, and uh, I actually mixed it as well. Not that well, but so I mixed the first album, played bass. Played a bit of guitar on the second album, and now they're working on their third. And I'm going to be writing, co-writing a few of the songs, playing bass, maybe doing. Oh, bass. excellent! Cool. Yeah. And Andrew's just an amazing dude, as you probably know. Sure. So the band we're talking about is Circuline, and uh, Andrew, uh, we we are most familiar with him through his work in Three Point Two with uh, Robert Perry. Oh, right. Perry, right? Yes, yes. Which which was really stunning to to come across that and 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 just to complete the story uh he's gone out on the road with the tubes as a yeah. as, as a backup keyboardist there that's right that's yeah exciting. so 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 oh my god what a partner you have uh and, and andrew and circuline that's fantastic yeah oh that's great excellent band. that whole band it's a great group of people killer okay now i wanted to head back to the release you put your lyrics on here i gotta commend you for that mm. um if you're if you're gonna work 35 years on an album the lyrics are probably ready by then and <laughs> i just love i just love uh the words i i, I, I impossible friends is yeah. incredible yeah it, 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 it really really seals the deal on the album i hear uh through th through throughout this 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 album, fantastic influences. Toe the wet sprocket hits me. Now I, I know. That. I love great. the three songs that I know from them. I love them. Okay, love anything beyond those three songs, but yeah. All right, yeah. Scott Scott Medina said Duncan Sheik too. I um I think yeah. that's a compliment. Oh, yeah. oh. I, I liked his yeah. album, uh, uh, Barely Breathing. Whatever, yep. whatever album that came off of. Yeah. Oh, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so I'm hearing all, all, all these interesting influences floating through it. it, it it's not just Prague. There's just so yeah. many veins of contemporary music that you've stitched together here. And then I get to Impossible Friends, and I don't know what to classify it. You know, it, maybe it's a tinge Marillion or something. M maybe, oh. you know, it's just, it's just so dreamy and beautiful. <laughs> cool, man. I, I I love what you did with it, and then and then of course I want to know who the girl is because you you just make her, oh my God, she she sounds incredible, <laughs> right? Yeah, well I'm glad that that comes across. She's just so beautiful that you can't help but fantasize about uh, a love affair. You just can't help it. it, has to happen, <laughs> right? uh, but then you come to your senses and you're like, I don't even know this girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. Been there. Um, so, 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 so that was the number one for me. I, I don't know if you guys want to weigh in, but um, oh my God, the, the contrast between Echo and Let Go is is fantastic. Uh, when you're playing with the Let Go lyric in Echo, and in, in in a pop vein, and then you blow into Let Go in a prog vein with mm -hmm. all that intensity, I just I just feel it hit me like straight through my head. I, I just. I, I I love yeah, that. That's kind of the point of that one, or at least the, the the musical component to that that one is is it's about just punching you right in the forehead. And... Love it, nice. Love it, love it. And then you end with dangerous, and I'm hearing maybe a little bit of jellyfish, a little bit of that. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. loving it, loving it. Well, I mean, the, the, like it. the thing that that struck me about this this release, Matt, going going through it, and you know. 
we obviously run a podcast, you know, centered around, you know, progressive rock music. So we get into all of the little esoteric and philosophical discussions about what is prog and this, that, and the other thing. And, 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 you know, one of the things, one of the checklist items is you have to have long songs and this, that, and the other thing. But what, what really sort of geeks us is those times when we find songs that are super proggy without actually being long. And I think, you know, a, a, there's a lot of that here where y- you feel like y- you're listening to much more music than the clock is telling you you're listening to, which is a really, it, in my mind, an impressive thing because it's it's on the positive side of that, right? Like you can have songs that just go on forever, but that's not exactly. what we're talking about here. These songs are, they're, they're expansive in the best way possible. I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, I don't know why I write the songs to the length that I do. I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm concise. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you had mentioned, um, you know, when when Paul was asking about, you know, the 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 prog intermixing of genetics and everything else, you had mentioned the ease of um, recording, sort of collaborating remotely at this point. Is that how this record was put together, or were there ever any like live sessions with you and and you know some of the your guest musicians? There's only one example of uh, a live sort of live situation. Um, I play all the instruments except for the drums on six songs and the keyboard on one. The drums were done by Marco Miniman. He did uh, "Man Waiting for the Fall" and "Let Go." Right. Kind of the more rocker ones on the album, and he recorded those, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in his own personal home studio. Okay. Um, and he did that remotely. You know, nobody we just sent him the tracks. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Mover did the same on uh, Echo. Uh, and Castles. Impossible, impossible friends. And what'd you say? And castles made of sand. Castles. Thank We're you. cheating. We're looking at your credits on the. On the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so uh, those tracks were, you know, flown in from his studio, and then the keyboard solo in in uh, Waiting for the Fall is Dave Kersner, and that song I submitted to the guys in Sound of Contact during our very first recording session back in Miami. Wow. I think it was 2010, and we the guys liked the song, we recorded it, um, and it just never made the album because it didn't really fit into the Dimensional theme, which is fine. Um, but Dave did a killer keyboard solo. He added this beautiful keyboard solo to that song. Uh, and I, when I was putting this album together, I just called Dave and I said, you still have that solo on a hard drive anywhere? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, man. And he sent it to me and I just put it right in. And, oh, my God. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Good thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the rest I just did right here from the studio. That's cool. Amazing. Did you uh, did you like specifically have like um, you know songs in mind for for Jonathan Mover versus Mark Minnie? I mean, were you thinking, oh, these this it's definitely got to you know Not be so one much. of them, or how did no, that work out? Uh, you know, this whole thing sort of rolled together in so many different phases. I was just at a point. This might have been four years ago or longer uh, when Dave Kersner was getting drum tracks for one of his In Continuum albums with uh, Marco. And uh, we just sort of shoehorned my songs into that session because he was nice. getting such a good deal. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's so awesome. it worked out well. I mean, who doesn't want Marco on their album? Sure, that, right. That's fair. I mean, he's, he's madly underused on my album for sure. He's capable of playing all those parts with one limb. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a collection of songs that I was working on, so I submitted those to him. He got them. Uh, he just happened to get the ones that I had ready at the time. Later, much later, uh, I had just a few other songs that I needed to complete the album without drums, and I asked uh, Mover if he liked them, and he did. So Sweet. He got those ones. Awesome. All right, and it worked for- out great. I think that uh, Marco on the songs that he's playing on is just unstoppable, untouchable, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the movers, uh, his, 
his tracks are perfect. So I'm <laughs> super. <laughs> it's killer. It's killer. Um, forgive me for geeking out here, though, but I'm I love learning about you know processes. So so either whether you're playing or you're sending them to someone else, is there a is there a previous drum track that you've like wedged together with like an easy drummer or something like that, or or is it sure. is it something like a click track or how how do you normally go yeah, about? I've that? got an electronic drum kit here, and that's how I get my MIDI into the into the DAW. Once it's in there, I can you know quantize it, fix it up, make it sound better, change the drum sounds and all that kind of stuff. Get it to where roughly I would like it, but it's still you know it's not going to be it's definitely not going to be Marco Miniman. Right. Oh yeah. 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 No matter how much I edit it, you know, um, so to have <laughs> access to the real deal, um, you just you have to do it. But yes, yeah, so, so do you, so so do you send an idea of what I'm looking for? And then yeah, do you send Marco a track and say, "Hey, uh, here's the drum line that I want," but like, could you make make it better, like kind of thing? It's kind of understood. You don't even have to say it. You know, <laughs> no, I want you to play it exactly like this drum machine. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's understood that he's going to uh, minimize it. Yeah, all the better for it. The guy's sweet, extraordinary, super nice guy. Do you guys know him personally? He's no. the kindest. We 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 have admired from he's afar. He's on our list. Yeah. yeah, he's just awesome. Yeah, and he plays with such joy. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, there is an element of of levity or something in there. Um, even even when he's burning the thirty second notes and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Right. Maybe yeah. especially then. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, well, Paul's asking about the, you know that kind of process. I mean, but 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 you've actually worked with uh, tech for a long time with IK Multimedia. So uh, yeah, I'm sure your setup is no joke. Um, yeah. What wh what are you what what are you comfortable revealing as far as your 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 techno secrets there? Uh, there are no secrets. Uh, I think the only secret I would reveal is that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I've just been piecing together little bits of info uh, for the last 30 years. And if you do anything for 30 or 35 years, you know, you're going to tend to get kind of good at it. But I have so many blind spots that, you know, I'd be embarrassed to talk to any real pro. Uh, that said, I've got uh, an Apollo uh, interface that I do everything with. Uh, I've recorded into Pro Tools. I've got a really nice suite of plugins from uh, Steven Slate, uh, who has this killer mic emulation. You get the ML1, which is an ultra clear microphone and ultra clear preamp, and then it colors uh, in the software, like all these um, uh, classic uh, vintage mics. Um, and then, you know, I've got a bunch of IK multimedia plugs. Um, including the drums, like the two songs that I play drums on are actually Moto Drum from IK Multimedia. Hmm. And all the strings, all the pianos, all the organ, all that stuff is IK Multimedia uh, sample tank. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, back to Slate, I use Slate a lot for like uh, processing EQs and, and uh, dynamics. Nice. I, ha I have to ask during during the pandemic was uh, 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 digital uh, uh, gear going bonkers as everyone built their uh, home studios out. Was that a profitable uh, time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just from what I heard through <laughs> IK, they did really well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone was everyone was looking for something to do while they were sitting at home, and what's more fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the best. It's the best hobby in the world, if you ask me. Oh yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah! Um, you guys, I play. I see an electronic drum kit behind you. Yeah, exactly. This is this what back when I had a job. This was my after work blow off steam activity. <laughs> Very nice. Yes, nothing like it. No, it's it's really good fun. I mean, everybody wants to be a drummer. Few can be, but everybody wants to be one. So true. Well, you're you're a Boston guy. We're Philadelphia kind of kind of guys, and we're all spread okay. out now. Um, uh, but we used to go up to um, uh, our buddy Tom, our fourth member of our Palaver, was at Berkeley for a few years, and we we we'd go and we'd crash with him. Um, so so uh, yeah, we've been to places like the Rat Skeller. That was uh, a venue. Are you familiar with that venue up there? I played the Rat Skeller. Yeah, all nice. right. 
like way, way back in the 90s. Um, played a few clubs back then, but I'll bet you had a blast, right? I'll bet you didn't. Oh, we that. did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he actually had a studio for, for, oh, for yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you where it was located or, or what, do you guys straight remember? Jacket, straight Jacket Sound. Straight Jacket Sound. what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was yeah. We were young men in in our twenties in the in the early nineties, and we we really had a blast in Boston. Yeah, it's a several fun. times. Really, is a fun time. Uh, Matt, uh, can you talk a little bit about your approach to? Um, I really appreciate the variety of guitar tones that you have going on throughout Let Go. Can you talk a little bit about your approach and things that you do, and where how you land on different different tones yeah uh to, guitar tone has always been a, one of those blind spots i was talking about for some reason i just always come up with this really thin really kind of weak brashy guitar tone no matter how it sounds in my headphones while i'm playing anytime i listen to it i'm like Ugh, what did i do what the hell um maybe i've been using amplitude okay Again, i came multimedia and their emulations are just fantastic Got a whole suite now of their, um, their their pedals, and I just today got their uh, Tone X. Are you guys familiar with, with the Tone X? Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw Pete Thorne uh, had that up. Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On face, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the big deal right now. It's like kind of taking over all the uh, the other amp models um, <laughs> out there. It's just this little foot pedal that's got every amp you would ever want. <laughs> and you take that to the gig instead of a big heavy amp. It's killer. He was showing something where you plug in like your, you can model your own amp. You can model your own amp. Yep. That's the part that he, he was kind of flustered, but then once he got it working, he said it was kind of amazing, blew his mind. Yeah. I've had the, uh, the procedure explained to me and, you know, on the one hand, it seems straightforward getting what you're going to get out of it. But, uh, you know, there are a few steps. <laughs> Wow, and it's only three ninety nine at a Sweetwater. That's right. It really is a steal. Like it should be so much more expensive. Um, I was just playing with it. I just got it this morning, and I was playing with it earlier. It's amazing. Wow, this is the danger of being on this podcast. <laughs> is the, is buying buying things I have no time to 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 utilize. Okay. Well, we have a we have a pretty good concept of what your 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 home studio is, but how do you take this show on the road to uh, Marillion Weekend? What do you take with you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do what I did at uh, Prague Stock. I'm going to play guitar and sing to live. Uh, I'm going to sing live and play guitar live to tracks. Right. My laptop. Right. You know, nice. Yeah. Just, I, I can't afford to bring a whole band to Montreal for one show. Um, do you? Uh, will you include in those backing tracks your your backing vocals as well? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. A lot of the sort of overall sound that I'm trying to go for is a, a double vocal with me singing uh, an octave below the main line. And if that's not there, it just doesn't sound the same, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of a, yeah a I think that too. to me, that static harmony through a lot, a lot of the harmonies throughout a lot of those, um, a lot of your songs it is what is what triggers for me Toad the Wet Sprocket. Um, oh, is that right? okay. I think I think it's the tone quality of your voice, but then when it's kind of like doubled, it um and it's funny because there there as I'm as I started listening to your album, I was like, man, there is just something so amazingly familiar about this. And then um and then when Ken mentioned um on a text about Toad, I was like, that's it. I was like, this and 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 the fact that you're talking about the early '90s, it all it all kind kind of comes together, and it's it's really it's quite magic for me. So, um, so I'm glad to hear that you're that you um, that you're bringing in the backing vocals on the. I'm jealous that yeah. I'm not going to get to see it, like Joe. Well, maybe we can film it. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Does Lucy let you record? <laughs> that is a question to ask. Lucy. <laughs> in the sky. That would be cool. Matt, are you, are you going to be there for the uh, the full weekend and take in all three Merlion shows, or are you just going to perform and zipping back? I'm getting in on Thursday night, so I'll be there for the Friday night performance. I'm excited about that, but I will be leaving Sunday. I'm not sure what they have planned for Sunday okay. afternoon, evening, but I will be gone by then. 
Well, nice. With this, uh, you, you could, um, you, you could. Um, well, I guess it's probably late now to plan it, but you could have a um, sort of a East Coast North American tour. Um, <laughs> so our friends, Total Mass Retain, have have locked into this these places called City Winery, and oh, yeah, um, for sure. And they're very cool, and uh, I, you know, I just I, I've I've seen in their videos a lot of a lot of artists that come and kind of do, uh, you know, either you know, like Bob Mould's my favorite one because he does the, you know, he sort of does the acoustic solo thing with like a distorted electric guitar all night, um, which is only he could pull that off, I think. But but the I think that that would I be ever, a great venue for that type. The only of, time uh, I ever slam danced was at Husker Du. <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager. That's that's I'll awesome. Never forget it. I love Husker Du. So oh. Matt, you said earlier uh, you started. I, uh, I'll misquote the age, but you started playing bass, and uh, was you were a teenager. What mm -hmm. what sort of lit the spark? Was it family? Oh, was it was it friends? How did that all come about? I think family. it was Getty Lee. Was <laughs> that? I think it was Getty Lee. <laughs> Getty Lee, man, holy! I, you know, I can't overstate his influence. Uh, um, but it wasn't the catalyst. The catalyst was was the fact that my dad played piano, he played jazz piano, and he would play these jazz standards on his piano literally every single night. And my siblings and I, we'd all be going to bed, but we'd leave the door open and we could hear my dad playing down in the den every single night. He loved it. Later, after he retired, he'd go and you know, ride his motorcycle to some local Italian restaurant and just play piano for you know, exchange for some wine. Um, but he, he just loved it. Uh, but one year, when I was 14, my younger brother got a guitar for Christmas. Now, my older brother had been playing drums for a few years by then. But I was like, all we need now is a bass. And we got a whole band. So I was like, Dad, my birthday's in January. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. He's like, I don't awesome. know, Matt. You know, bass isn't as easy as you think. And it's funny because, like, he had a hard time. Despite being a, a musician, he had a hard time hearing and making out bass, bass lines. He, he tried to talk me out of it. So I ran upstairs. My sister, she never really played, but she had this acoustic guitar that a friend gave her. And I picked it up and I tried to figure out the bass line to "Message in a Bottle" on this acoustic guitar. You know, it took a few minutes and I figured it out. I ran downstairs. I go, Dad, I can do it. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. And he bought me a bass. We went up to Daddy's Junkie Music Store in Salem, New Hampshire. He got me a bass and an amp. Uh, it was a Hondo bass and a PV TNT 130. Yes. Perfect. Yes. And so that whole first year, all I did was the police. I learned all the police songs, all five albums. And wow, my God. There wasn't a minute that there was anything other than a police album in my Walkman. Like, I just obsessed about the police that whole first year. And it's cool because, you know, Sting is a great bass player. You know, he's not super fast and flashy. He's not Getty Lee, but he, his bass lines are they're complex enough that you're actually learning something, mm. you know, sort of intuitively uh, as, you're, as you're learning him. Uh, he uses all the notes in the scale. You know, it's not all just root note stuff. It's really cool, juicy, creative bass lines. But then, after the first year, somebody played me moving pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's all I listened to for another year. Just that album. Yeah. All, my dad was so sick of, of uh, uh, <laughs> what song was it? I can't remember. Uh, but he, he would just bemoan the fact that I played the same song over and over and over. <laughs> so, uh, in the house with my bass. <laughs> That is a phenomenal story. I love it. <laughs> wow. He's a, Getty Lee is a, a beast. He's a master. I still marvel at his play. Yeah, we did, we did a similar path. So I, I, th I think we're even like a similar gen generation and whatnot. For me, it was the, uh, the live album, Exit Stage Left, yeah. that, that brought me in. I was kind of obsessed with that. And I, I, I recorded off of, uh, they had some kind of MTV simulcast. And I remember being sad that MTV and the FM radio station weren't in sync. Because oh, they said it was a simulcast. And I had them like both all set up. And I was recording the cassette and watching it on the TV. 
it was just a pivotal moment in my life. But I, but you know, I, I, I sat there like an idiot with, with listening to both of them for an hour out of sync. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, you got the full experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then, then we we were guilty as charged doing doing um trying trying to do rush songs in Joe's dining room. Nice. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Singing an octave lower, whatever it took. For real, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever it took. <laughs> you you sing up until the point where you crack, and then you just go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I yeah. think you guys performed at my house twice, once in the basement and once in the dining room. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, we knew it would be of, of similar influences because we followed Kersner so uh, closely. And obviously, we, we followed, you know, everybody and that on who made an appearance on his album so closely, including you, Matt. And this is this is a real joy. I'm so oh, glad. I'm so glad you released this album. I'm so glad that we we had this time to talk to you, especially before the uh, Marillion weekend. That is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and fair warning, uh, Matt. It's possible that Joe, um, at at Montreal, may corner you, maybe uh, put something <laughs> in your drink, and try to get the real scoop on what happened to Sound of Contact. Because uh, no one has offered any explanation, and uh, you know, we're just going to keep interviewing uh, the members of the band until until someone spills the beats, and we can cut that out. I'm 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 just kidding. But I was going to say I was I was going to invite him out to Schwartz's on Friday for <laughs> a sandwich. Yes, I like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is actually incredibly delicious uh, smoked meat. And they are delicious pickles, as I recall. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you had me a smoked meat. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Any, anything we forgot to ask you about? I don't think so. What, okay. What's on What's on the docket? Um, you mentioned Circuline uh, uh, songs, but what's on the docket for you after the Marillion, Marillion show? Well, you know what? I'm kind of hoping uh, to secure an opening slot on some tour, right? Yeah. I think it'd be, uh, you know, it's a, it's a low dollar investment for a band to take just one guy with a laptop and a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping to build some momentum in that way. Meantime, uh, I've, I've been quite a bit lately uh, working on new material. That I'm Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, who's your dream band? If you could, if you could have uh, guitar, keyboard, drums, what, what would be your, uh, your dream touring act? That is a really good question. This may or may not be a the dream, but I would be more than happy and satisfied with someone like uh, Randy McStein on guitar or Fernando. Yeah. 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 It would be amazing. Right. Um, you know, I would be overjoyed if Marco would be, you know, available and willing. Right, right, right. Would you, would you tour with a keyboard player? <laughs> I bet. If I'm putting a band together, yes. You know, if I'm doing a full band, I would need a guitarist. I mean, a, a keyboardist, drummer, and, and bass player. I think I would handle the guitar and the vocals, the leads, the lead vocals. All right. You got An- Andrew Collier, maybe? Or uh, how about Roger Absolutely. Manning? Or, uh... <laughs> sure. Collier would be a... a, a fantastic choice because we're, we're such good buddies and he's an amazing player um right 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 kersner although kersner's always busy <laughs> doing <laughs> other things yeah um yeah but you know the question was what would be the dream band uh yeah you know thing is is my music's not so complicated that i need you know jordan rudess you know what i mean it's like it's pretty simple so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. But oh, so meaty. So I'm going to spoil myself here, which I don't normally do before going to shows. But Matt, can I look forward to any Sound of Contact uh, songs in the set in Montreal? Uh, you may hear, uh, you know, a hint of, of one of the songs. Okay. I'll, I'll take what I can get. Entirely worked out my set. I'm, I'm, I'd say about 80% there. Cool. Uh, it's possible. 
I got to see how things flow. Excellent. And you'll be guitaring if that's a, if I can use that. That works. Uh, that works. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be guitaring and singing uh, along to uh, the tracks. I will also be playing in one song at least, uh, bass pedals. Oh, oh nice. nice. Do you need special shoes for that song? Matt, or, or I at least need shoes. Yeah, I've tried it without, <laughs> and my, my my toes keep missing the notes. So <laughs> I definitely need shoes. Nice. Flip flops do not work. Flip flops do not work. Uh, you know, kids, uh, don't try this at home. Yeah. So, oh, you know, what? I saw your uh, COVID show. It was you, Jonathan Mover, and and was it Royo? Did you do like a trio gig? Like uh, when people weren't allowed to be in the same room together, and uh, um, I swear you guys did like a a a, a private viewing stream we did concert for Moog. There was a Moog Foundation thing that we did uh, that Rio had had hooked us up with. Um, yeah, he asked us, you know, because we were the band he was working with at the time, if we wanted to do it. He didn't really have material thought out to do it. So we ended up doing a lot of the stuff that we were doing in the project set. So it was almost like a project show. Uh, we had this guy on guitar named Eric Madsen. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was a guitarist for a few songs. Right. Um, right. Okay. Kiko, I think was there as well. She, yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew I had seen, I, I knew I had the Moon yeah, Foundation. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Awesome. That was an inspiring time. Where, where where you couldn't get live music and we were just loving it. I mean, have live prog at that at that time was really key. Uh, thank God we're through all that crap. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, we so, said we'd keep you for an hour. Yeah, um, just about. So really quickly before we do uh, wrap this up and let you go, um, Matt, where can our listeners find out more about Matt Dorsey and all the wonderful things going on in your life? Well, I would say do a search for Matt Dorsey, but you'd get the other Matt Dorsey musician. <laughs> so what I would have you do is go to mattdorseyofficial.com. There you go. From there, there you go. You can springboard into uh, Bandcamp where you can get my album download or to the Bandwagon. Bandwagon, know, yeah. Which is cool. a site where you can get the physical CD and T-shirts and uh, hoodies and all kinds of good stuff there. I was uh, I was checking that out earlier today myself. So you were checking I, it out what while you were purchasing it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more stuff up there. Uh, but you know, the album is just released. We get to see how things go. Yeah, I was a little. I was actually kind of bummed because the uh, the 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 T-shirt design was sold out, and I thought it'd be really cool if I showed up on uh, Saturday night in Montreal in a Matt Dorsey shirt, but that's, that's oh, not going to happen. I'm not saying you should do this, but it's a possibility because a friend of mine from way back, from back home, uh, sent me a picture of himself wearing the shirt. And I was like, what the hell? We haven't even delivered them yet. And he says he was in Thailand and he just took the design and brought it to someone and they just... Really? Oh. <laughs> 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 like, okay. All right. Well, and my my kids do have a cricket. Maybe I'll just make my own Matt Dorsey shirt before I show up. Well, I I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> you're you're not going to litigate me. That's good to know. No, oh, you spread the word for me. Right? I'm glad I'm glad we we did this because I didn't know somehow I didn't know about the bandwagon because I just got the digital download on. Bandcamp. So oh, yeah. I was just going to yeah. ask you if there's plans for a CD, and and there is. There it is. Yes. There it is. Add to cart. And I guess Excellent. to answer your earlier question, that would be a way to get the lyrics. But I got that would be a way to get. That's a way to get the booklet, right? To, of oh, course. Yes. There we'll it is. I'm, yeah. I'll get there, Matt. Hang, hang tough with me, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you give me your if you give me your email, I'll just send you a link to the to to my uh, uh, Google Drive that's got all of them. <laughs> sweet sweet you can you, i think you can just use that one that we scheduled this one on uh, that's what i, I will did. yeah sweet there you go um but yeah seriously matt i i'm um uh, the uh, montreal trip is is actually the end of my honeymoon and so my soon-to-be wife and i will be flying into montreal on thursday as well so if you oh. if you did want to you know get together for some smoked meat sandwiches on uh, friday you know just let me know we'll make that happen 
can we confirm it now? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, awesome. that sounds like a great idea. Okay, yeah, no, awesome. let's let, let's do it. Um, Paul and I ate there back in 2013, and it was spectacular. Um, friend of mine who grew up in Montreal. In <laughs> What's that? A lot can happen in a decade. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's you true. know, it, it it's apparently a, a a staple of of Montreal. So you know, that's the case. Man. We're we're gonna really trust really to fate. And if it sucks, well, then we got a story to tell. That's right. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, that, that'll be absolutely spectacular because um, we actually have nothing planned in Montreal other than the Merlion shows. So, you know, right. that'll, that'll be absolutely perfect. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited. There's a, there's a classic picture of Joe from um, – why can't I remember the names of the diner? Schwartz's. There's a classic picture picture that I think needs to be recreated ten years later. Um, I already so told Matt. I already told Matt. You may have to do that. Yep. Someone's gonna have to take a picture of me. I, I'm actually gonna bring the same hoodie. That, so it, so that, we can we can create it as much as possible, except for the extra all this. Yeah, that that would that's fantastic. <laughs> that's a good idea. You know, it's funny. I I thought of doing a similar thing since I played. Um, I believe it was the same theater yeah. 10 years ago with, with uh, Sound of Contact. I was thinking of playing this gig with the same jacket that I wore. Nice. There you go. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, we've got, we've, got a, we've got a whole decade nostalgia vibe going it, here. Seriously. Will you wear the shades, though? That's really, that's really the key question. Yeah, that's right. i got to get the right shades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. That's, that's an important part of the look. <laughs> Badass. Yeah. Indoor with shades. Why not? Awesome. Well, Matt, I, you know, this has been absolutely spectacular. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, Happy to do it. You know, anytime. You guys are a blast. Seriously, I love the format here. Well, good, fantastic. (laughs) I'm, I'm, you know, and be careful what you wish for, Matt, because we're really good at thinking up weird reasons to reach out to people (laughs) like you. Define weird. Give me an example. What do you mean? Uh, well, so, I, I mean, the most obvious example is we've actually badgered Kersner several times to talk about Star Wars. But, I mean, we could presumably <laughs> we could presumably call you up and say, hey, Matt Dorsey, if you were trapped on a desert island with six albums from 1989, what are your thoughts about those albums? That's the kind of shit that we'll, we'll come up with. All right. <laughs> I would be unbothered by such things. <laughs> you know, and and you know, you don't have to encourage us if if we become bothered, just tell us. But you know, we're good natured up until then. <laughs> Listen, I promise you, as soon as you do. <laughs> very good. Just All right. So very much looking forward to Schwartz's Deli and an excellent concert in Montreal. Um, very much look forward to the next Matt Dorsey album, which hopefully, as Paul said, doesn't take 35 years. Uh, and, yeah. um, and yeah, whatever, whatever wonderful excuse we find to, uh, to catch up with you in the future, Matt, this has been utterly fantastic and, uh, really appreciate it. Anything else you guys got to finish up here? Uh, thanks, Matt. We're good. Thank if you, you if, if you see me in Montreal, I'll have the Asian bootlegs in a bag behind me. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. It really was a blast chat with you all. Well, good. Well, thanks, Matt. We we appreciate it. Safe travels, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll text you some some con or um, email you some contact info, and we can we can connect up. Perfect. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Take care. Cheers. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Progressive Blabber. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you, and we look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions. What are your thoughts on Matt Dorsey's latest album, Let Go? Were you in Montreal to see him perform? 
You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are at ProgPala on all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is ProgPala, that's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or presumably wherever you find your podcast. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.